Chapter Seventeen of Faulkner's Folly by Carden Wells. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Seventeen, Allan Ford. Joyce went up to Natalie's room and found the girl sitting up in bed, trying to eat some of the dainty breakfast a maid had just brought her. A cap of lace and tiny rosebuds confined the gold hair, and a breakfast jacket of pale blue brocade was round her shoulders. Joyce she said staring at her with big blue eyes where did those jewels come from i don't know natalie it's the most mysterious thing i ever heard of but listen dear i have something to tell you barry has confessed what natalie almost shrieked the word what do you mean just what i say barry has confessed that he killed his father you suspected him all the time didn't you did you oh i couldn't and yet who else could it have been i did think of barry at first and then i decided it couldn't be and then you suspected me oh natalie how can i say i did and i didn't i had no notion which way to turn but now even though he says so i can't believe it was barry barry of course it wasn't barry but he confessed natalie of course he confessed he couldn't help it as she spoke natalie was getting out of bed and seating herself at her dressing-table began to do up her hair if you don't mind going joyce i want to dress run along now i'll be down very soon what are you going to do joyce looked at the girl uncertainly for she was brushing her hair with unwonted vigour her eyes were tear-filled but her face showed a brave determined expression and she hurried her toilet as if important matters impended go now joyce and rising natalie pushed her gently toward the door some minutes later natalie came downstairs in a trim out-of-door costume her smart little hat was veiled and she had a motor-coat over her arm may i take the little electric joyce and drive it myself why yes of course where are you going first to see mr roberts and if i'm not home for some hours don't be alarmed i may go to well i may take a long drive but i'll be back to dinner in a moment joyce saw the little electric coupe whirling down the drive straight to headquarters natalie went and found bobsy roberts barry stannard didn't kill his father she said without preamble you had no right to arrest him but he confessed the crime miss vernon don't you know why he did that the lovely eyes fell before bobsy's surprised glance no why if he is not the criminal of course he isn't he said all that to-to save me bobsy looked sharply at her is that so and how am i to know that you're not telling me this to save him you can't know that's just it you've not wit enough to know what is the truth and what isn't thank you for the implied compliment don't be sarcastic this isn't the time for it please help me mr roberts it would have been a far less impressionable man than the detective who could have refused the pleading glance of those pansy blue eyes how can i help you miss vernon this way tell me of some detective some really great one who can unravel the stangle i didn't kill mr stannard barry didn't either but he says he did to save me now i want someone who can find the real criminal and so clear both barry and myself and you expect me to recommend somebody 
oh i do mr roberts i do i know you're big enough and honest enough to admit that you are at the end of your rope and if you know of any one i don't care how much he costs i must have him i must tell me won't you yes i'll tell you because i can't refuse you but also because i know he will only verify our conclusions you must know miss vernon we've had our eye on young stannard all the time oh i thought you were sure the criminal must be mrs stannard or myself we did think that at first you see we have to think what the evidence shows well never mind that now who is this man you have in mind allan ford he's not one of the story-book wizards but he's a big light in the detective field and he can find out if any one can where is he bobsy gave her the new york address of the detective and natalie rose to go then acting on a sudden impulse come with me she said to new york cried the amazed bobsy yes it's only a couple of hours run and i don't want to go alone why i'm glad to go if i can arrange it do arrange it i want you so much now when a little flower-faced girl looks pleadingly out of heavenly-coloured eyes and her red mouth quivers with fear of being refused few men have the power to say no anyway bobsy hadn't and he managed to arrange it and in a few moments they were on their way i thought you'd want to see stannard he said no i'd rather not until i see if i can get the great mr ford the little car ate up the miles and soon they were in the crowded streets of the city allan ford was in his office and received them with his characteristic quiet dignity the tall big man looked taller than ever as he stood beside the petite model his grey eyes looking down into her eager blue ones what can i do for you he asked kindly and smiled at her because he couldn't help it the winsome face made everybody smile from sheer gladness of looking at it can you take a case mr ford an important murder case the stannard case yes i'd like to say yes but i am just starting on a western trip and i shall be gone at least a month great crystal tears formed in natalie's eyes and one rolled down her cheek she couldn't possibly help this the tear-drops were beyond her control but they stood her in good stead for allan ford couldn't bear to see a woman cry it unnerved him as no danger or terror could do don't please he said impulsively but i'm so disappointed you see barry stannard has confessed what young stannard confessed then what do you want of me because barry didn't do it he confessed to save me and did you do it the question was in the tone of a casual everyday inquiry but few people would have replied anything but the truth with allan ford's gaze upon them no i didn't you must come up there and find out who did do it oh can't you manage somehow the coaxing face was brightened by a sudden hope and allan ford couldn't bring himself to dash that hope from the lovely beseeching girl it makes a difference now that they've arrested stannard he said slowly oh of course it does arrested him wrongfully too you see he had to say he did it or i would have been arrested tell me the main facts said ford to bobsy and in straightforward terms bobsy told the great detective all that the force had been able to accomplish it would seem said allan ford speaking with deliberation 
that the criminal must be one of the four people most nearly connected with the dead man his wife miss vernon here bury the son or mr courtney the lover i don't like for you to use that term said natalie gently for mr courtney and mrs stannard could not be called lovers during mr stannard's life good for you for standing up for her well i will postpone my western trip for a few days at least he's coming said natalie briefly as in the late afternoon she arrived at the folly who is asked joyce and where have you been joyce and beatrice were having tea in the reception-room for by common consent all the household avoided the studio the servants shuddered as they were obliged to pass it or go through it and natalie declared it was haunted i've been to new york the girl replied as she flung off her motor-coat and threw herself into a big armchair give me some tea please and i'll tell you all about it i've engaged allan ford who is he asked beatrice fixing a cup of tea as natalie liked it he's a great big splendid detective i mean big in his profession and he's also the biggest man i ever saw physically well i am glad exclaimed joyce i think mr roberts has done all he could but i don't think he has much real cleverness do you beatrice no and yet we oughtn't to judge him too harshly he's had a hard time of it for every new bit of evidence he gets or thinks he gets seems to point to some one of the family here i know it agreed natalie but allan ford will find the real murderer and then we'll all be freed of suspicion what's that natalie allan ford and into the room strode barry stannard natalie's face shone with welcome how did you get here she cried i thought you were arrested even a murder suspect can get bail if he has money enough said barry and there were other reasons they wouldn't swallow my confession whole but never mind that now tell me did you say allan ford is coming i did barry dear i went and got him and just in time too for he was going west at once but he's staying over for us and he's coming out here to-morrow morning isn't it fine splendid you're a trump natalie you know girl don't you why i confessed of course i do i was sure you couldn't make the police believe you and then i knew it would swing back to me so i had to take desperate measures and i did barry said joyce your attempts to get suspicion turned your way or any way are too transparent you scratched up the window-frame to make it appear a burglar had entered there and nobody believed it for a minute i know it i'm no good as a deceiver but oh natalie don't think i suspected you but i knew others would and did and i was frantic and i vowed i did it in an effort to distract their attention from you but your going yourself for ford clears you in everyone's eyes and now he'll find the man it was some man who came in it has to be there is no other explanation positively none it wasn't eugene whispered joyce her face drawn with new apprehension of course it wasn't said beatrice soothingly don't worry over that joyce dear mr wadsworth has exculpated mr courtney but nothing seems sure joyce said with a sad shake of her head well it will be sure once allan ford gets here declared barry i can hardly wait to see him allan ford arrived the next morning when he entered the reception-room his tall commanding presence seemed to fill the whole room 
with perfect courtesy he greeted joyce first and then the others and finally seated himself facing the group though not to be called handsome his face was fine and scholarly and his iron-gray hair made him look older than his fifty years his manner was quiet but alert as if no hint or lightest word could escape his attention let us waste no time he began for my business engagements are pressing and what i do here must be done as quickly as possible i can promise you nothing for the accounts i have read of this case make it seem to me that your local workers have done all that could be expected of them the whole affair is mysterious but sometimes a new point of view or the opinions of a different mind may lead to something of importance you know the main details then asked barry the main details as told in the papers yes also i've seen mr roberts this morning and i've discussed matters with him and with captain steele but never mind those sources of information i want the stories of each one of you here and if you please i want them separately and in each instance alone otherwise i cannot take the case why of course mr ford said joyce we will agree to anything you stipulate please direct us and we will obey then first i will talk with mr stannard and later with the ladies also i must ask that the interviews be in the studio the room where the crime took place this is not only because it is more appropriate but i can think better in a large room this little low-ceiled box of a room doesn't give me space to think ford's winsome smile took all hint of rudeness from the words and as he rose his great height and proportionate bulk seemed to bear out his statement and the assumption that his mind was of wide scope and far-reaching limits made it seem plausible that he felt stifled in a small or low room but you haven't yet been in the studio said natalie how do you know it is big and high it was so described in the newspaper accounts that is why i took an interest in the case also i am willing to admit i paused for a glance in at the studio door as i came into the house and before i entered this room a queer man thought natalie why should a great detective talk about such foolish details as large or small rooms why should he take an interest in a case because of them the others had similar thoughts but no comment was made on the visitor's peculiarities save that beatrice faulkner seemed to feel obliged to defend her husband's architectural ideas the rooms are carefully proportioned she said pleasantly but with a touch of pride in the fact the architect who designed them knew just what measurements were most effective from a technical and artistic point of view the rooms are all right said mr ford smiling kindly at the speaker the trouble is with my own foolish vagaries then led by barry they all went into the studio allan ford looked around him with the most intense admiration expressed on his fine face magnificent he said mrs faulkner your late husband was indeed a genius i have never seen a more perfectly proportioned room or one more appropriately and effectively decorated the windows are marvels and the furniture is in every respect fitting oh said joyce mr stannard furnished the room it was not built for a studio it is then the joint product of two geniuses i know of mr stannard's reputation for a few moments allan ford seemed to forget the errand on which he had come he was it was plain to be seen deeply impressed with the beautiful apartment and his dark deep-set gray eyes roved about from pictures to statues from furniture to decorations with admiring and approving gaze have you a picture of mr stannard 
he said at last yes and joyce took a photograph from a small chest full of portraits this is a photograph of a painting done by himself it was made about four years ago but he changed little since ford took the card and studied it he saw a noble head and brow fine features and a general air of self-appreciation that was however not to be called conceit the mouth had a few weak lines about its corners but on the whole it was the presentment of a man of genius have you a photograph of the subject in life he asked not taken from a painting yes but not a recent one replied joyce except for some little snapshots and she put a half-dozen small pictures in the hands of the detective better yet ford said and he carefully scrutinized the papers but all the pictures of eric stannard gave the same impression of power self-confidence and dominance End of chapter seventeen